this episode. As a special surprise for our listeners today, Sean does not have a scientific experiment story. <laughs> Just for something different. A little port down there in, in uh, WA. That Charles Darwin went to. Sorry, I oh. to put that in. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> was given the opportunity to sail from Samoa to Hawaii. Like a three-month trip. And she kind of fell in love with this idea of open ocean sailing. You needed to raise $80,000. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And as a special surprise for our listeners today, Sean does not have a scientific experiment story. <laughs> Just for something different. I heard this story um, actually on ABC radio. I was heading down to Sail and Lakes Entrance, which are little places on the coast of Victoria uh, for the weekend, bit of camping and heard this story. And I thought, oh, I've got to tell this on the podcast. So yeah, just this year on July 25th, a sailing boat with a one person on it um, arrived into Albany uh, on the coast of Western Australia little port down there in in uh, WA. That's it. Yeah. In fact, a port that that, Dar uh, that Charles Darwin went to. Sorry. I oh, to put that in. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this little boat was uh, sailed by a lady called Lisa Blair, who had just broken the record for the circumnavigation of Antarctica. Uh, she did it in 92 days, right? And... Um, the previous record was something like 105 days by a Russian priest. And um, <laughs> Rasputin? Not quite Rasputin, <laughs> but, uh, and she broke it by, you know, just whatever that is. Uh, 15 days. Eight, or... 15 days or so. Um, oh, sorry. Was it 107 days, the previous record? 105, I believe. Oh, yeah. okay. 13. Yeah. Days. Yeah. Anyway, um, she pulls in and, you know, to great. Great sort of celebration. And it got me thinking about how does how does someone, she would have been in her 30s, um, how does someone like that become a world-breaking, you know, record-breaking, um, you know, solo sailor, right? And I heard a talk on, on ABC Radio talking about those early days of how she got started. And, and it seems to be a lot of, you know, little, like, accidents happen along the way right so when she was just out of out of school she got a um, an opportunity to be a cook and a cleaner at Whitsunday's Islands to um, work on a boat which she did had some fun uh, no big deal she wouldn't really think about it too much she, it was just an experience she had and then when she was 25 uh, she lived on uh, the Sunshine Coast in Australia um, when she was 25 she was given the opportunity to sail from Samoa to Hawaii. It's like a three-month trip with just some friends. You know, do you want to join us as a birth, you know, extra birth? She's 25, no no partner, you know, footloose and fancy free. She could easily say yes. So she jumped on just a yes. And she kind of fell in love with this idea of open ocean sailing. Um, but, you know, she didn't have any money she didn't come from a rich family or anything like that it's not like she could just put the money out there to to jump onto international sailing races or anything like that and in fact she came home after that 
uh, period, and she was working in a jewelry store, earning twenty dollars a an hour. And she saw a there was a sixteen year old woman who had just sailed solo around the world, and she thought to herself, "God, if she can do it, you know, I can do it. You know, I can raise the money." She knew nothing about raising money, but she went to the library, got herself on, got a book on sports marketing, and discovered that she had to write a proposal, you know, to, to get money from companies. And she wrote a proposal. She submitted it to a whole bunch of companies um, because she wanted to um, participate in the Clippers round the world uh, yacht race, right? And essentially to be part of the Clippers around the world yacht race, you needed to raise $80,000. And so anyway, she put out a proposal. She got nothing. Not it didn't make a single cent in doing that, right? Crickets, crickets. But you know, she had a lot of persistence, and so she managed to convince a the local bicycle shop to lend her a bicycle that she decided to ride from uh, the Sunshine Coast to Sydney, and along the way, run raffles, have dinners, um, you know, sort of fundraising activities. And she did all this for a number of months and she generated something like just under $40,000, which is pretty good, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a <clears> lot. That's, that's, that's like 1,500 kilometres. It's a big ride. It's yeah. a big ride, isn't it? And um, so she rang her mother up, um, you know, crying her eyes out because she just figured she could not raise this $80,000. And her mum, who, who features throughout this much longer story she tells on the on the radio program is is plays a pivotal role because she just seems to come in at the perfect time to give sage advice and so she, her mum sort of says look look love you've you've raised that amount of money that will pay for the training that you wanted to do in the UK um why don't you which is was part of the whole uh, deal anyway and so she said why don't you just go to the UK and you know, do the training. And if nothing happens, nothing happens. You've done the training. You've learned some more. You'll eventually get some experience. So she heads over to, to the UK. Uh, you know, she starts doing the training. And every night she's out with friends at the pub. And and this guy who uh, is also doing the training just sort of says to her, oh, I love your, you know, your, your focus and what you're trying to do here. He says, look, um, you know, would, would 7,000 pounds be you know, useful, you know, I can, I can put 7,000 pounds towards your, you know, oh, some, yeah, that's a lot of money. It's not bad, is it? And, uh, you know, when you think about the people who are doing this type of yeah. thing, you know, they're, they're usually well-heeled sort of fellows. Anyway. Well, they need to be because someone once told me that, that um, yacht racing was like standing under an icy cold shower, tearing up hundred dollar notes. Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's probably exactly what it is. Anyway, so he then introduces her to another person who gives her some more money, equivalent amount of money. So all of a sudden, she's now, you know, picking up uh, extra dollars towards her birth, and she gets so close, like she's within weeks of this, the you know, the shutter being pulled down on her, and she's two thousand dollars short, right? And she's going, "I want to go to do," and so she rings up the um, Sunshine Coast Daily, the newspaper up there a local newspaper and says, look, can you write an article about what I'm trying to do? And, you know, she's doing it for climate change and, you know, she wants to, you know, have a cause that she's, you know, about environmental cause that she was pursuing. 
And so they write this great article. She said it was a cracker. And a guy who lives in American fellow who lives in China, who once visited the Sunshine Coast and really enjoyed it. And so as a result of that, jumps online to read the Sunshine Daily right, newspaper, sees the article and rings her up and says, look, I get a bonus every month. I just see it as my play money. Um, you know, my bonus is $2,000. Would that be useful for you? Because I'd be very keen to give it to you. And of course, that was the exact amount of money she needed to to close out the, the gap and to go on the thing. And so that's what happened. And she did that. And she was on that berth as a big race that went around the world, 10 ships, exactly the same fit out, each one with about 16 people on each uh, on each craft. And uh, that was the beginning of her. By that stage, I think she's about 30. And by the time she pulls into Albany, I think she's in her late 30s uh, with lots of experience and, and, and I just love this fact that, you know, she had the tenacity to just keep pushing, you know, and, and not having any experience in doing any of this. Like, you know, how many people do you think in a, who's working at a jewelry shop making 20 bucks an hour and are just told you need to raise $80,000 and they go, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I don't know that there's many. <laughs> I mean, at, you, the movie Sliding Doors comes to mind. Right, there's, yes. There's like yeah. a dozen Sliding Doors moments in that. And if if any of them miss, she does not sail into that port yeah. in, in Albany. Yeah, that's right. I know. Anyway, I, I, I heard that. I know it's a bit of a circuitous, long, it's not a pithy, you know, <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> um, uh, sort of a story, but um, I kind of just liked it in terms of, a story, a story I've already told a few times to, you know, my daughters, to various, you know, just to give them a sense of, I don't know, maybe it's an inspirational story of some sort. Anyway, what do you think? What do you like about that story, Mark? What's What things jump jump out for you? Well, uh, for me, I liked it. It verged on, it verged on implausibility so many times. But really? It across the line. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, like, as you say, uh, uh, somebody working as a shop assistant in a jewelry store suddenly goes, "Oh yeah, I'll raise eighty thousand pounds." You know, like I could imagine that the boredom could <laughs> lead you to to have a crack. Decisions. Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, so the the one that really, you know, the the one that where there's a, you know, the the she rings from London. She rings the Sunshine Coast and speaks to the paper, and they run an article, and then a, an American guy living in China. I know. Her and get, I, I mean, mean who, like, that's, that, that is, could hardly ever happen, could it? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like, but it, it it doesn't cross the line into implausibility. It no. just remains. Wow, that is so unlikely. unlikely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that. I like that. Um, one of the one of the decisions I made in telling that story is I decided to tell it by starting with her world record, right? And I, and I made that decision because I thought, you know, if I just started from the outset and just told this story about a 25-year-old in a jewellery store, I would imagine the listeners would be going, why am I listening to this story? I would have been the same. Yeah. And and, and it would take a long time to get to the payoff, you know. Yeah. Of, and even, even where I finish the story is not where she makes a world record. 
right? She just went on a, uh, you know, a race with a whole bunch of other people, you know, she didn't do any solo training or anything like that. Um, so, you know, so that, that was sort of like a little bit of that, that technique of taking the end of the story and bring it to mm. the front, you know, Quentin yeah, Tarantino cause, style. Cause, well, and that, but yeah, and, and, but that gives you the scope to go into all of the detail. Yes. Like if you had to give you a given reason that at the right? front, then that detail would have just lost, it would have left the listener, yeah. um, the, the reader uh, going, what the, yeah, what is happening on? here? Yeah. Um, and they probably would have started checking the email. So yeah, for me that uh, that's a, a an important an important thing to note is that by giving away the ending, or but the point is not that. So this is the thing about it. The point is not that she sailed solo around uh, Antarctica. The no. point the point the point is her persistence in yes, getting there. That's right. So, that, that was what so, I was intrigued by. Like the in this interview, which goes for an hour. Uh, on and we'll leave the link to the interview in the notes but you know it goes for an hour and really it just really struck me you know how this young person um and and there's a few things i left out which sort of give them even more of an explanation of how she got there right you know because her mother was interested in sailing she used to sail with her partner and and she always saw that as something mum did. Now, I'm not going to do that. But the partner, her, uh, whose name was John, uh, at one point, he, he obviously saw her in the jewellery shop, probably not going too far with her life at that time, and he would lend her books about solo sailors, of women solo sailors, which there are quite a few of them now. Um, you know, without making any purpose, you know, just oh yeah, I thought you might be interested in this, and he would drop. You know, she'd start flicking through it, and and all this was just little ideas that were, you know, building up in her mind. Yeah, and I, I if the episode was an hour, and you've told that in probably ten or twelve minutes, then you yeah you, know, you had to make choices. So leaving oh yeah leaving you, you, those you, know, you leave yeah. things out right yeah yeah. Uh, Actually, one of the things I noticed when she told her, I think she, you know, always better would hear it from the horse's mouth, right? She did some things which I thought were nice in her telling. Like she would say, and I should have put them into the story. She sort of said she was in the jewellery store under fluorescent lights, you know, selling cheap jewellery. You know, like, yeah. so she created an even stronger image in a mall, you know, in the middle of a mall. Like she was not even oh. in a shop. She was in the middle of a mall under fluorescent lights selling cheap jewelry. It's right. a, it's a nice image I should have used. It that, is. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause and it only takes a few seconds to say that. That's one of the, the things I love is that you can create such such rich imagery and emotion with just a few words. Yeah, yeah. So she's she'd be she's gonna be a great uh, sort of um, you know, sort of keynote speaker. Uh, just her obviously intuitive understanding of story is is great. Um, so anyway, what would we do to make this a better story then? What advice would you uh, suggest? I think that there's an opportunity to make that even shorter. Now, of course, it's <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, it's no, no, those... I know, I know. It is. definitely could be shorter. That's for sure. There's the you know it's, stories are you know infinitely compressible and expandable. Yeah. Um, 
and depending on the time you've got available to you and how much work you're prepared to put in. But there is work involved in making it short, you know, figuring out, you know, telling it multiple times and going, which bits don't I need, which bits don't I need. So that, that, look, I mean, I enjoyed that. You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that telling. I think it's an incredible journey. Yeah. The, as you as you were uh, telling it, I'm thinking, oh, what possesses anyone to spend 92 days on the Southern Ocean trailing around Antarctica? That has to be hellish. Yeah. Do you know the advice? So the, she met the Russian priest who had the record before her, and the advice, and you know, Annie spoke Russian, and she met him once, and was just absolutely awed by his. You know, physicality of this guy, you know, he would have been well into his 60s or 70s, or gnarly, weather beaten, uh, you know, sailor. He's also climbed Mount Everest multiple times, etc. And uh, through his translator, he said, he just said to her his one bit of advice uh, when you come up to an iceberg, always pass to the north because on the south, you just get all the ice, you know, sort of breaking away and heading to the south. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, there's only one context to get that piece of advice, isn't it? You know, yeah, that's yeah, not a that's... general advice for life or anything <laughs> like that. I don't think. But I just thought, what a beautiful little nugget, if you like. Uh, yeah. Always pass icebergs to the north. When um, you're traveling around Antarctica. That's it. Exactly. Because there is only, the only way is up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So... You know, the other thing I I do like about that longer story form is it invites the listener to participate, right? In the sense that there were a number of times where you could jump in and say things, right, in that story. So it becomes more of two people experiencing the story together rather than just someone telling a story to someone else. And, And I... I saw this beautifully demonstrated in the TV series The Wire. Uh, you remember that show? Oh yeah, yeah, that was beautiful, tr- an amazing tremendous. show. I hardly understood a word they said. It takes a while, doesn't it, to get your head yeah. into it, right? But there was a scene in the bar, you know, that old divey bar that they went to uh, on the docks. And there's about six guys around the corner of the bar, and one of them, you know, they're nudging one guy and they say, "Go on, go on, tell him, tell him." And he starts this kind of longish story and all of them play a part in the story, you know, like they jump in and tell their little bit. And it's just this ensemble piece of, you know, six people telling the one story. It's just beautifully done. Um, and it does, you know, you see it in real life too. It's not just a Hollywood thing. It's, And I think it only comes about though with these bigger, you know, sort of, stories that have got more space to them for other people to uh, participate in yeah um, so what what might the the two minute version of that look like and uh so i'm thinking that that you know key details uh firstly the that she did the sailed into albany well um, you might not even you might not even have to say that you might have to just say you know lisa blair is a world record holder solo sailor around um you know, the circumnavigating Antarctica. But she didn't start that way, right? And you say so you could jump in even faster, maybe, um, in terms of crunching this down. Yeah, I, 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 I like the imagery 
Uh, you know, oh yeah, uh, I do too. Show, I'm, I'm just, right? yeah. I mean, but you only use a few words. You know, uh, Lisa Blair, solo sailor, on a on a yacht sailing to Albany, and there's a crowd there because she's just broken the record. Yeah, bang. And then you could the picture of her as a jewelry salesperson, you know, jewelry uh, store assistant. Yeah. Um, in in a mall, fluorescent lighting, selling cheap jewelry, mm. and she sees the ad for the the clipper around the world. Yep, the clipper around the world yacht race, and through an incredible series of events, like quite uh, lots of hard work, but lots and lots of luck, she raised that money. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know mm. if it would do it for me. Well, it's look. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. is there a two minute version that would work? And you know, yeah. you're so attached to that long version, right? You... No, no. I, I think I could tell a two minute version. Yeah, but I think you'd have to. There's still some moments in that longer version you'd bring into the two-minute version. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it would be a good challenge. Good challenge. Um, business points. Where would you use this story? Oh. Uh, when the going gets tough, the yeah. tough get going? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like when you're facing the what seems like a, you know, a, a, a barrier that's just way too big to get over. Yeah, and you might think the you know the odds are totally against you. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have a go. Let me give you an example. Yeah, yep. This might seem like a long shot, but and the other one I think is really nice is you don't have to be an expert to develop expertise. You know, like she knew nothing about raising money, but she didn't sort of say, "Oh, I know nothing about raising money, so I won't do it." She just went, "I'll go and." And it always reminds me, I, I listened to uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, on, on Smartless. I might have mentioned this already on the podcast. But there was a, uh, a quick, because you know how he's, you know, he has his gin company, he has his advertising agency, he's a, he's a film star. He, he's now a, a manager of uh, a, a Wales football team. Um, you know, like he's got all these things. And the, one of the reasons he can do that, he said, he said in his um, late 20s, he realized that whenever you start off on anything new, you will suck at it, right? But that's okay. And just that little insight enabled him to just go and do whatever he wants because he knows he's going to suck at it to start with, but then he'll get better at it. Uh, so, well, I keep a, falling off the stand-up paddleboard. Okay, so you you just got to get through that middle. That, no, I don't like that suck stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they're the definitely some of the good business points for it. Um, terrific. What do I, What do you reckon then? Anything else we'd add to it in terms of um, business point? I think they're the main no, ones. Yeah, nothing. Nothing comes nothing. to mind. Okay. So give you a score, man. I'm giving that, uh, I like it. I'm going to give it a six. Six? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a um, an eight. I, I'm oh. enjoying, I'm telling it. I'm enjoying telling it. I like telling the, you know, the Aussie, you know, winner, if you like, struggler, that type of story. We need more stories of uh, women doing great things as well. So that's that's another good reason to tell it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a good, strong Eight out of ten. Whoa. Okay. You do <laughs> like that story. I know. I think I do. 
Well, okay, guys, thanks very much for listening in for, to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week for an ep- another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.